2: Welcome to AWAM, anime was a mistake. I'm your host Andrew and joined by Tim. Joined with you in holy matrimony. No, I think we made that joke not that long ago, like four episodes ago or something
3: too. Ah, damn it, look, I only have like, I got like five jokes to me, all right? Yeah, it's Tim, I'm here. So uh, I wanted
2: to start out with, before we get to what we have been watching and all that, um, so as we're recording this, episode seven has just gone out, and, uh, Big Milestone, it was Tim's first episode, uh, that he edited. How'd that go? How'd that feel?
3: Uh, it was fine until, like, you know, I still have a ways to go. I still have a lot of things to figure out, but... It's, it's a. It's, actually, it's an art. It's actually strangely exciting.
2: It's fun. It I. Is- Whenever I'm not a little burnt out from it, it's fun. I
3: enjoy it. Yeah, the actual work of it is intriguing and rewarding.
0: Definitely, you know.
3: Yeah, it's the fact that we put out an episode a week. That's the scary part. Honestly, it's not too bad when you get used to it. Yeah, but yeah, it was fun work. It's not too far off from a lot of things I've done before, though. I mean, I've mentioned before I've done mostly live audio, not so much mixing you know pre-recorded stuff that makes sense so it's a fun new first well not first i've, I've edited podcast stuff before but just not this podcast
2: yeah and we're special we are
3: special because we are difficult i was gonna say because we watched Mitch, mr rogers and he told us so and you know that man could tell me anything and i believe him i mean that's also true but so why don't we uh do, you watch anything? do anything fun? Here's something I watched I actually wanted to talk about. So Way of the House Husband on Netflix. The writing is hilarious. It is a lot of fun. The animation is extremely cheap. It is mostly stills with not much movement to it at all, which normally would really turn me off of a show, but the writing is so crisp and so funny that, yeah, I've continued to watch it. Also, just I, I had no idea what this was. Just reading the premise i mean it's it's a lot of fun it was actually my wife that told me about it it was not on my radar and yeah she told me about it we watched a couple of episodes on netflix there's not a ton of episodes out but i assume there's only so
2: much you can do with it yeah i guess why don't you explain the premise
3: yeah i was gonna say let me do you know a little elevator pitch for it so the toughest, the like the toughest yakuza in Japan, essentially, retires to become a house husband and become really good at cooking and yoga and stuff like that, and it is a delight. So it's yeah, kind of I this... I love that. The main character is a lot of fun too, where he just has this charisma to him, where people might recognize him and you know either want to fight him or make fun of him for being a house husband, but they just kind of get caught up in his personality and end up in very strange situations where they walk away and go, you know, like, wasn't I going to beat that guy up? Turns out, no. No. It's a lot of fun. I definitely suggest checking it out. Again, animation is nothing special at all. It relies entirely on the writing and the voice acting delivering that writing.
2: Well, I say that's okay sometimes. Yeah, it works for this show. And especially, I'm going to guess, it's probably one of those things where it just wouldn't have gotten made otherwise, so...
3: There's also a manga of it if you're more interested in that. If if very still animation sounds to you like, well, I'd rather read it, then it's out there. Fair. But how about you, Andrew? Uh watch I've anything been fun.
2: Continuing to watch uh Vision of Escaflone, still enjoying it. It is of that era mecha fantasy. And by me saying that you'll know if you would enjoy it or not. Like
3: I think in many ways it's defining for what more so the fantasy end than the Mecca end, but I do feel like Escaflona is an extremely important work for its time. Oh, yeah. And inf- influenced a lot of stuff. I say that, and I'm not really going to give any examples because, well, that would require research and, like, breaking down a lot of different things, which I can't really do off the top of my head, believe it or not. Well, and just, like, look, uh, it is what it is. Like,
2: we... we... We only have so much creative juice to break stuff down. And also me talking about a show that some people have seen, some people haven't is just, you know, it it is what it is. It's, it's aged in the ways that you think it has aged. Um, I I do have to shout out the character
3: design is kind of Jojo's esque, which I enjoy. Now, if I'm remembering right, the mecha design in that was very kind of, I'll say fantasy and Joel heavy.
2: Yeah, I would almost say, like, fantasy body horror. I think that's fair. Like, there's there's an organicness
3: to a lot of it, uh, which is fun. Yeah, it is something that my biggest impression when I watched it, which was a few years back, was like, oh, yeah, I can see where bits and pieces of this just got used by everything afterwards. A a lot of it. I mean, not that it didn't also, you know, in its own turn, take a bunch of stuff from other influential anime, but... It, it It is something that, yeah, we can't get too into it because we don't have the time in this episode, but it, it's worth, I think, for somebody to break down and really look at how influential it was. Uh,
2: Honestly, I feel like there's a decent chance we cover it at some point on this podcast just because I'll probably be like, I want to do it.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But, we got, we do have to do an older anime every once in a while to keep Andrew happy. That's true. Otherwise, very I will cranky. Rant. Absolutely, he will. You think he's joking. I'm
2: not. You should hear our pitches for when we do the schedules. I'm like, "Can we do can we do a Gundam?" And then we're like, "No. We've
3: talked about Gundam.
2: It's just If you have to get want everybody her, else if, on if board with Gundam more, too. Uh,
3: if you want more Gundam, tell us cuz I will. I mean, oblige. we're mostly just holding back for the audience's sake because if we could just do Gundam, we probably would.
2: No, there's I mean, other There's other
3: good podcasts
2: that do exclusively Gundam. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but Another thing that I've been up to, this is playing, not watching. I started uh, playing Doom Eternal finally, and I actually feel like not an old man. I'm playing on, like, the, what was it, Nightmare? And I haven't really died. great I'm not very, I'm not super far, but I feel like I can actually keep up in, like, an arena
3: shooter, which is not something I've felt in a while. I mean, the newer Doom games are a ton of fun. i didn't find them super hard either, but I don't think I was playing on quite that difficulty.
2: Well, I come, you know, I come from a, a computer FPS gaming background, so uh, and yeah, I come from a console background. Um, not that there's anything wrong with either of those, but uh, like an FPS, like a quick F, FPS is like what I
3: cut my teeth on. Yeah, so so I actually coincidentally was playing a computer fps real recently i was playing that port of doom 64 so we we've both been playing doom just completely different ones
2: very and, different
3: yeah doom it's, 64 is a lot of fun though it's it, really weird to me that that got ported to pc oh no no it's great trust me it it is a wonderful thing that it did i believe you it's like a really good game that i could not imagine playing with an n64 controller
2: Yes. I can't imagine playing anything with an N64 controller,
3: honestly, at this point. (laughs) Like Banjo-Kazooie, and then I I don't know what else. Like, I'll play Banjo and Kazooie with an N64 controller, sure, because it doesn't feel right otherwise. But everything else, it's like, that controller shouldn't have happened. No. Um, Oh, and I
2: finally finished Invincible. The I think it's, what, eight episodes? So, enjoyed that a lot. Um, and in uh, dipping into the news section, it got renewed for seasons two and three, which is fun.
3: Oh, that is good news.
2: Now, can we get some final impressions out of you? Uh, I'll, I'll stay away from story stuff, but as you should, I liked it. Uh, you know, the animation is kind of trash, but, you know, is what you would, it's 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 a step above like motion comic. It's fine. But they spent real money on the voice talent. So, and that's really good and yeah it works i mean honestly though i will say i just read all of invincible again and i might like it better than the show as a comic book but if you're not going to read the comic
3: books i think the show is completely enjoyable yeah i still haven't checked it out but i might it's on my list my very 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 long list i mean it'll be there for you yeah just like the the 10 15 like very long rpgs i would love to play one day but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna die first well that's a whole nother
2: look (laughs) look, i'm talking like eight hours compared to like 95 150 yeah but but yeah i guess i don't have any other news do you no i don't all right on with the show So seriously, I meant it whenever I said let us know if you want to do more Gundam stuff because if you tell us, we will do that. And you can tell You're me. just chomping at the bit. At Andrew Sisson. Okay. Tim is at Give Me Those Boots. The podcast is at AWAM underscore P-O-D. The Instagram is the same as the Twitter because we planned ahead and organized things. But I will say, you can find anything you could possibly want about us at AWAM.pizza. That was not planned. I just saw that
3: there was a pizza URL and said, that one good decision. And another good decision that you can make is you can like, star, and subscribe. And share. Push any of the buttons, any of the ones that give us some good feedback.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All
2: right. Let's talk the
3: final two episodes of the season. Yeah, I... I thought they were quite good. I did have a lot of thoughts that were kind of... A, a lot of things that I, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about, but in a way I, I still thought was interesting and fulfilling on the end of the show.
2: Uh, but so the first thing I want to talk about with these two episodes is I think for once we've run into a show that is actually too slow for me. The man who likes slow burn shows.
3: Really? Like, these episodes in- included, you thought that it was
2: no, moving a bit just, too slow? just being able to look at the whole season. Uh You know, now that we've gone through the whole season. I think it's too slow for me.
3: I, honestly, I, I don't really feel that way. I, I've been enjoying the laid back pace, but, you know.
2: Well, my main issue is that, like, nothing is happening with Toru. I mean, not nothing, but, like, very little. That is true. And, and... She's the care, like, yes, the other characters matter, but she's the one that everything orbits in this show. And I really need some change with her,
3: man. Something. I guess I, I do understand that. And, but what I did take part of what I took out of this is I've mentioned how they keep building Toru up as essentially invincible and godlike, and able to fix any problem. And, I think there is going to be payoff for that eventually. I mean, I sure hope, but I can see why you might want to leave that for later on in the series and not necessarily have that be like the big end of the season.
2: Well, like, give me a hint, something like she basically like, like we will talk about the, the big thing that happens,
3: but like she acts exactly as I expected her to. Yeah. She doesn't change anything from this. It's, and I do I I don't. Do,
2: don't... Do want to mention, uh, and I think part of why I'm feeling this way is also, so this season ended September 21, 2019, and season two started April 7, 2020. So it's not even that it was like one of those things where it's like technically a season, but they're continuing. Like there was an actual break.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really know what else to say because it didn't bother me at all. I mean, I've already spent a good amount of time trying to contend with Toru's character in general, so.
2: I think I just, I, I, it's not even necessarily that I need, like, something big. It's just, I'm getting bored of her. I'm I becoming just... frightened of
3: her, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll just hug you, and it'll be fine. Uh, For me, I, I'm still very interested in how she continues to climb in her power, essentially, and her how people regard it. Someone she's never even met before comes to the house. So, the plot of these episodes is that Kyo's, is it Shisho? I believe is the term they use, yes. but essentially his martial arts teacher slash kind of adoptive father. We'll get to that. Yeah. Comes to the Shigure's house and essentially hatches a plot to get Kyo to reveal his deepest, darkest secret so that he'll realize that Toru doesn't actually care and that he can be himself without being afraid of well, who he is. Yeah, Yeah. so this guy, she's never met, goes, yeah, she's the key to fixing my sort of son, which is absolutely insane. Very. Like, you really would have to think she is something more than human. And Shigure Shigure even has a little aside, like, oh God, even like, now everybody's just relying on her. So for me, that kind of kept my interest with her part in the story. I, I I do get that, her character has not budged, has not changed a bit since the beginning, and I, I would like to see growth, but...
2: Well, it's like, it's not even I, necessarily hasn't budged. I think also for me, like, she hasn't failed either at all. Like, everything's just kind of worked out for her, aside from her mom dying.
3: Uh, I I can't... You're saying that like she had no part in things actually working out, and I, I do feel like that's stripping her of a bit of agency when, you know... Well, but like,
2: but if she has like no character growth, and effectively like there nothing bad ever seems to happen. Like, if she's just like she's just perfect, aside from uh, being I,
3: clumsy, I I won't disagree with that. Which goes back to many episodes where I I was trying to figure out what the heck her character is supposed to be, and I I think they are building her into the story, building her perfection into the story itself. I could be wrong and it could be a bust and it could feel bad at the end, but I I feel like they are building up towards some sort of payoff with that. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, I would hope. And like, you know, I'll give the, I'm sure I'll give the second season some time, but like if the second season isn't like opening with something to do with her like this, Hmm. I don't know if I could do another season where she's just great and people orbit around her and deal with their problems.
3: I mean, I do want, at some point all these expectations people are heaping on her to yeah to explode into a plot point and yeah force some sort of change some sort of character growth and but like my genuine worry is that that happens in like season three with the way that this has been going and for me personally that's not really a worry like that could happen, and that doesn't really bother me, since I know that it, you know, it's it's three seasons, it wraps up at the end of the third one, if one of the biggest plot points they've been building up forever doesn't happen till season three, and I guess this goes back to how the show feels too slow, even for you, and it's the pacing hasn't really been bothering me for me. If it happens in season three, I'm okay with that since I know it's not something that may never happen. Cause we don't know if the show's getting an ending just yeah, but, as long uh, but as it like, does happen. I don't think I'm personally particularly bothered by that. But like also at that point you would be 50 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I see that as something so very core to it that if they want to make that part of the end of the show, that, doesn't strike necessarily strike me as a bad thing. Well, but if, I
2: think at that point that my issue would be then that like, and I guess my issue now is like, yeah, okay, people have expectations on her, but that's about it. Like, she hasn't really fault like she hasn't had any internal conflict as to whether she should do the right thing. Really, like, like there's no building to anything. It's all external. I don't like, she's still just
3: disagree. great. Yeah, which. I mean, it had to be episode like two or three that, yeah, her character is weird in that she doesn't necessarily come off as a character, as a human. Uh, She comes off as more of a force of nature, which is is strange. And I do want them to do something with it. But for me personally, as long as they do something with it, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I guess <sighs> moving on to other bits of the plot, uh, I do have something very important to tell you, Andrew. Okay, I I wish that I had noticed this myself, but Kyo's other form, my wife immediately went, oh, that's a Digimon. And looking at the design of it, it is absolutely Digimon shaped. Oh, yeah. Like 100%. That the weird gangly proportions. I, I have at least like four or five Digimon figurines, you know, sitting somewhere on my desk that look pretty much exactly that sort of shape, humanoid shape.
2: Yeah, it is a real weird shape. Or I should not say it's distinct. It's Digimon shaped. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, we I, should talk about that. Yeah. So I guess
3: the the plot of these two episodes revolves around the fact that Kyo has a deep, dark secret, which is there's another spirit inside of him, I guess. Because, yeah, it is a separate spirit from the cat spirit, right? I think, no, I think it has to do, um, what's the
2: story again? The cat does like gets left out or whatever. Yeah. I think it has to do with that. Like, I don't think it's a different spirit. I think it's
3: has to do with whatever the heck happened. I'm honestly not sure, and I don't think they were super clear about that. Because there were a few lines to me that seemed to suggest that they were separate things, like when they were talking about... Okay, I've, I've, I've rain- looked this up without spoilers. It is, It is absolutely the cat. Okay, it is the cat.
2: Yeah, I was I was pretty sure from the episode itself, um
3: but yeah, it it is the cat. Okay. Uh for anyone who hasn't watched, it is worth noting that it doesn't look like a cat. It's it's a Digimon. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it looks almost like lizard-like to me. There was a lot of dragon design yeah. to it, especially with like the head.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and also his like rosaries are what keep him from showing this form, I guess.
3: Yeah. Which makes a sort of sense. You know, it's a holy item and it's a demon form. Yeah. So sure. Um, I'll take it.
2: And actually I do want to rewind back to, so his shisho comes to, you know, do all this bullshit. And I do. One thing I do really like in this show is how they show adults making decisions for children. Mm and how sometimes it's good and sometimes like the adults have a point and sometimes it's a bad decision but still both times the children have to go through go through with it because their children the adults win there yeah you know and i feel like a lot of anime involving children does not show that ever <laughs>
3: which this i mean this did and was actually the that stuff is what stuck with me the most was his was Kazuma, I believe his name is. Yes. Talking with Shigure about essentially forcing this confrontation, you know, showing forcing him to show his Digimon demon side. And it is kind of a like a it is a hard thing to really weigh. You know, Shigure brings up that it may not turn out how he wants it to, and instead he might just hurt Keo even more and cause him to reject everyone. Which, I mean, I think there is some truth to this. Where if you try and force somebody to go through like emotional growth, if you try and push them into it, it it can get real ugly.
2: But also and people can not... people can wallow. Like I can speak personally from that. You, I can really wallow, and sometimes you know, it's again it's that thing. Sometimes
3: you need a kick in the pants. Yeah and and i think that's
2: one i i know i especially as as we've watched more i think i've dogged on the show a fair bit and i think it does have some genuine flaws but some of the stuff it does really well is this like this sense of the relationships and power dynamics it really really does well and it's something that you don't really see in anything else
3: absolutely I mean, I was sitting there thinking about this moral conundrum and whether he actually made the right decision, you know, putting aside the fact that you know what happens since you watch the episodes and also it's a narrative, so it's going to play by kind of different roles than real life. But in real life, like that actual decision would be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual morality of it is very gray because it's like, I mean, you could F somebody up even though you're trying to do them, you know, trying to help them out. But also, also, it's it's like like, sometimes
2: people need a little push when you can also like I jumped also to just, you know, with this family, um, motives can be gray a lot of the time. But I do think uh, Cosma did it from a place of of caring and love, you know?
3: Oh, absolutely. And then so that they make that very clear.
2: You know, like I'm sure both of us and and most people uh, listening have had an adult or like a parent who has kind of probably not this extreme, but like had a decision that either went well or or poorly made by a parent. But at least you're pretty well, hopefully it was done, you know, at least with some care for you at its heart, you know, not with malice. And then that's like a whole nother, you know. Yeah. Regardless of this, if this goes well, if this gambit goes well or not, where do you count the fact that he is doing this because he cares for Keo and wants, like, he genuinely thinks it will help him?
3: Yeah. It is a genuinely difficult situation. And I think, I really do think the morality is it, there is no coming out of this and going, well, like, I, I definitely did everything A-okay. Nothing could go wrong. I did nothing wrong at all. Like, there, there's totally. too much bad that could happen you know again seeking a good outcome it is it's just a it is a situation that i think they did in an extremely thoughtful way and caused me to just stop and think about it afterwards i i appreciated that a lot yeah and i think that is something that this show delivers that very few other shows do too also i think uh, in a better way to explain kind
2: of the stuff that i was talking about earlier with toru that i'm getting frustrated by I think it's partially because they do really good stuff like this, and I feel like she's just getting really nothing.
3: I mean, she is absolutely getting nothing, and like, I, th- I, I, I feel like
2: I bring up wrestling as an analogy all the time, but in lucha, you have the person doing all the crazy stuff, and you have the base. The base is like they I mean, well, okay, in lucha they do a lot because none of those things happen with one person, but like the base's job is to. Basically, just be the thing that the other person works off of, and I feel like Toru is not getting any room to work off of the other characters. All the characters are working off of her, and it's almost like she's her character is being stifled. I and, and honestly, Kathland. I
3: agree. I I agree. I think slash hope that that's intentional. Like I feel like they they're building up to going like yeah you've been taking her for granted and trying to use her as, you know, a power not a person. I mean, I hope, but like my
2: point is like they better start that at the beginning of season 2 or it's <laughs> going to piss you off, yeah. Well, it's just like I think it's it's too long, but but anyways, going back to uh the whole Keo and 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 everything happening. I it was it just me or like I feel like things got really really intense. Maybe two, and t- like, I don't know, it got a little over the top with her getting like swatted away and bloodied. I and everyone didn't think just that was acting like it was all, fine.
3: I was annoyed that like everybody seemed to ignore it, especially the adults. But for the situation itself, it's like you have a teenage boy who has mountains of trauma, and yeah, he loses his temper a little bit, and it's worse because he's turned into a monster but it's still just a teenage boy slapping a girl away when he doesn't want anybody near him. Yeah, that situation, I, I, that situation I thought was perfectly realistic, made a lot of sense.
2: Well it's like it, it it felt disjointed because then it was like
3: she's all cut up and everyone's like yeah, no matter. They show it. They show the bandages and some people looking at them. So I do think they are intentionally showing that nobody said anything afterwards, which I thought was shitty on the character's end. But I personally didn't take it as the show missing a beat or I don't know. I I think I just really taking responsibility for what happened.
2: I I think I'm just having a hard time with with 25 episodes and like zero payoff for anything.
3: I don't feel that way like i feel like they've been paying off plenty of characters just not toru (sighs) it's just like like i mean this was a huge amount of development for keo and we've gotten similar amounts of development for lots of other characters well well,
2: i I, wait i would stop you there this is potentially a lot of development for keo because we really don't see much of him after this
3: that's true
2: it's more of a catalyst point but and i think that's also one of my issues with this like this is the finale, like things don't have to, you know, I get it. Like we have three seasons, whatever, but like we basically, without watching season two are at a point where we've gotten like several catalyst points and nothing's happened.
3: Yeah. I, I really don't feel like nothing's happened. I do feel like it's all been more internal rather than external, but what, what I'm saying I is feel we like don't as know we keep that going. stuff's
2: actually ha- like, we don't know what's actually happened to him.
3: I mean, in this specific case, in the things that, like, we haven't seen long-term changes from the things that happened in the finale, but we have seen changes from things beforehand, like his evolving relationship with Kagura and how, you know, going from can't stand her at all to they're actually communicating with each other and talking and starting to form a real relationship. I, I don't know. I see the effects that she's had on people carried through later on into it. It's not as concrete as most plot points as you get in anime but for something that is so focused on the emotions i do feel like we are seeing the characters emotionally changing and for me that is the exact sort of payoff i would want to see in this show i mean i do agree that
2: they're changing i just mean more it's okay, okay so... Andrew,
3: you don't have to like the show no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> like you have uh you have yuki and and they talk uh in the stairwell at the end and yuki talks about all the ways he's changed but we've been shown very little of that like he like i feel like this show is starting to tell us a bit more than it's showing like it's showing Mm. the thing that led to the change but it's not like it's and then it's telling us it's changed
3: I I don't really think it's doing much of that. I I will say like Yuki is probably one of like I don't think he's changed as much as Keio over the course of this. For him, it's mostly just opening up at all.
2: Well, no, but he says that's stuff to her that that's actually like a lot of it would be
3: a big deal from where his character started at. I mean, I remember him talking about the little ways in which he was trying to change, but I didn't I didn't think I mean, any yeah, of those were but all, particularly like, all groundbreaking. Of those, all of those together, I think, would be a very big change for
2: him. But the only yeah, thing I mean, we've that we really been shown is that he said okay to being class president.
3: Oh, I think we've seen him start, you know, forming stronger relationships with a number of people, which considering, you know, he was abused and the way we generally see him uh, well, expressing no, no, no. that but, is but by distancing is, himself. We
2: haven't seen this, like, well, he's telling us that he's changed in these ways, but we haven't seen he... that stuff. And that really frustrates me because we've had so much time with these characters.
3: I mean, did he talk about all the ways he has changed or all the ways he's trying to change? Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'd have to I mean, go back both. to that it's clip, that but I thought it was... He's trying
2: to change in these ways, but in the sense of he's doing these things.
3: Yeah, I I, I feel like there is a there is a distinction between like, hey, I, I'm trying to change myself now. And like, hey, here's the changes that you don't actually get to see. We're just going to tell you about. I, I, I feel like there's a difference there. So again, I I don't know. I I also do think that Yuki is one of the characters who has well like him and Shigure it, it, probably Keio is the one who's changed the most. Oh totally, and, but Yuki I I don't know I I didn't feel like they were getting to a point where they were showing or telling not showing. I I feel like they were trying to point out that yes he's he's kind of taking agency over his own changes and not putting it all on Tolu. But but which, again it's it's.
2: It's him saying that, but nothing has changed in that. Like, like he hasn't stopped like taking agency and cha- like been doing the stuff independent of Toru. Or if he has, we haven't seen it.
3: Well, yeah, I like I, I take that as them saying like, here's the. I don't know. Like you're taking a line from the finale and saying that like it's it, it hasn't happened. It's not going to happen when it's in the finale. It's kind of like, I mean, maybe it could be a telling not showing, but... Well, no, this is just a microcosm of, like, I think
2: my general problem with this whole season is that I do feel like for the amount of time we've spent with all these characters, I'm disappointed in how much they've shown us.
3: Yeah, do we have any uh, other parts of these episodes we want to talk about, or do we want to start... I mean, we're already Um... kind of in the talking about the series as a whole... I do want to talk about the end of
2: the intense moment with Keo and uh, Toru and just the uh, kiss fake-out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I, I actually almost forgot about that. Yeah, I think that's actually messed a up really if important they kissed. moment. And, like, I, I... So, I'm torn on this one. I don't think it's bad, but also it feels like a... The author messing with the audience, not the story,
3: if that makes sense. That's the impression I got as well, that it, it was there to just mess with the audience. Which I really don't like. Uh, I'm not I against it. I hate that wink and a nod. Why? Like, it's, I mean, for more serious works, sure, don't do that, but...
2: Well, because they've been um. doing so much with his relationship to Kagura.
3: I, I mean, they've certainly done a lot with his relationship with her, but I don't feel like they've necessarily added romance into that one.
2: Oh, and I, I feel like they, they very much have.
3: Well, I mean, on her side, she wants it. I I don't feel like I, there's not been any scene where I've went like, oh, yeah, Keo seems to be into her now. I'm oh, not no, saying no, no. that we're my, not going to get point, there, but...
2: No, no, my point is, if you're going to do that wink and a nod at the audience, the implication of that in this story is kind of...
3: Uh, like it uh, would change things like see, i think with a lot of these romances the whole point is to get like sexual slash romantic tension going with up like in a ton of de- different directions to the point it gets messy and yeah maybe you're sad if your favorite ship doesn't end up being the canon one but i i feel like trying to create a ton of different ships even with just see same, i do like, not like the characters mating. there's a difference between
2: I, like saying, will they go with different people and just baiting this stuff? And I think this was baiting, not will they, won't they?
3: I mean, I can agree with that assessment. I do think it's a pretty common part of the genre, though. So, I mean, I feel like it it becomes more of a genre criticism than than necessarily a show. But I mean, if you don't like that, I completely understand. Uh, Yeah, I just
2: I was it's one of those things that takes
3: me out of it
2: really, really quickly. It, it, honestly, a lot of it's the same to do with, like, fan service, which actually is something we have not talked about in this show really at all. The fan service that could be there is just not, and I'm
3: so happy. Yeah, I mean, there's very, very little that could be considered fan service at all. Because this show could easily have a lot. I mean, very, very easily. People become naked just as a matter of course. Just poof, there's their clothes gone.
2: Yeah, so I think that is something worth bringing up. But the the ship baiting, I think, in the, is 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 analogous to how I really hate fan service that is kind of outside of the narrative of the show. Mm. It's it's the same core reason why it bothers me in both cases.
3: Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Um, but yeah, I, oh, and I guess the one thing that we've that we've not talked about is uh, Kyo's mom and how another mother, um,
3: died. We got another abusive mother.
2: Well, but uh, so that's something that I'm actually really curious about. If child, because again, there's been a lot of interplay between children and adults in this show, and kind of what the meanings are and what kind of uh, levels people are talking about things on. And I do wonder how much is Keo misunderstanding his mother, and how much of it is true. Because we're only told from young Keo's point of view, which doesn't make what he felt any less. But also, like I know, as a kid, I misunderstood my parents' intentions all the time, I
3: mean, and I'm memories gonna, mute mutate. I'm not gonna necessarily say that her intentions were for it, like that there was malice in them, but never letting your kid leave the house, like it, never letting them do anything, go anywhere, it is that that is definitely abuse. I do not no, see no, like no, any my two point ways is, about it.
2: No, no. My point is, I'm basically saying I don't know how reliable Keo is as a narrator.
3: Uh, I personally, like, I, I don't know. This show doesn't seem to be messing too much with like unreliable narrators, especially with the main characters. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. think that's really going to come into it.
2: I mean, half of, half of the stuff, uh, with like Yuki that we've found out has been talked about in different ways, several, like several different ways that are not, they don't all line up.
3: Uh, I'm actually not sure what you mean. Like which part of the stuff with, the Aikido stuff with Yuki? Yeah. I didn't think any of those didn't line up. It just sounded like, you know, when the abuse is going on for multiple years, there's going to be multiple events.
2: Well, no, but I mean, some talk around it, some talk, uh, as it talk about it kind of in a way that, uh, let's say lessons what it was and kind okay. of makes it seem, uh, not as fucked up,
3: honestly. I mean I think you're also here like comparing flashbacks and memories with dialogue which I I think are completely different. Like if somebody says something misleading to another character, I think that's different than a character showing you their memory essentially of what happened and well, yeah, that my... actually being false. I mean I think this shows shown enough. I'm not
2: saying it's necessarily that like something like they there there's a twist with his mother or anything, but I do think this show has shown enough that kind of the way events are perceived by different parties is a big deal. Hmm.
3: That I can agree with, yeah. I don't think with this particular case like Maybe we'll get something that, like, we find out that his mother really loved him deep down, even though she was constantly abusing him. Which, I mean, well, it's I wouldn't like, care look, for that, is, but. Does
2: the Did the Soma, like, not not to excuse it, but, like, did the Soma family treat them like shit? Did Akito not let him leave? Like, those are all very real possibilities. Mm. You know, the main Soma family kept uh, Kazuma's grandfather in a literal cage.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I guess... Something like that could happen. Uh, and again, like that, yeah, that's not necessarily unreliable, unreliable narrator, I suppose. But or I guess
2: it would be that like Keo does not understand the full story because he was a child. Hmm. Again, not saying necessarily that's the case, but like this show has definitely shown us that there are ways that that could be his mother trying to look after him.
3: I, I think they I'm were trying Not saying trying it's to good. Show... Yeah. But. I mean, to be fair, that was the impression I got from the beginning is that she thought this was for his safety or his well-being, just absolutely wasn't. Um, Yeah, I I guess, do we want to get into final impressions?
2: I mean, I feel like we've kind of been doing that, but yeah. Uh,
3: Okay. Do you want to give it, I don't know, a rating out of rating? (laughs) See, this
2: one, I, I have no goddamn idea what to say about the show as a whole. Because, like, personally, there's a ton of stuff I really am frustrated by or don't like, and also episode 19 should not exist. Yeah. But also, this does some really unique stuff that I have not seen anywhere else, and I think it's done really well. I don't know. I really don't know what to do with the show. In some ways, I'm really curious about season two. In some ways, I have zero desire to watch season two.
3: I think I would give it one thumb up, one thumb down. I generally like the show quite a bit personally, but there's definitely some serious fuck ups. Like you mentioned, episode 19, just it's mostly centered for me around the humor where it's like, uh, I don't know about this or okay,
2: here's I think the best way I can describe it. They're not the same show and they're not trying to do the same thing, but For the emotions that I think both shows are
3: trying to evoke, this feels like a worse Oren High School Host Club. I would like to say for anyone in that genre, being compared to Oren High School Host Club is pretty much a death sentence. Well, yeah. That show is magical, Andrew.
2: Well, I think that's part of why I get so frustrated with the show is that the bones are good for the most part. It's just some of these decisions are very frustrating for me.
3: Yeah. Huh, I think that uh should about
2: do it. So uh our next series. I feel like this one is either gonna be a lot of fun or a train wreck, and I
3: really genuinely don't know which. You know, I'm really hoping for a lot of fun. It it looks good to me. Yeah. I have high hopes. Yeah, I, I mean
2: look, we learned from
3: our one train wreck choice. We're not trying for those anymore. You mean intentional train wreck choice? Yeah, that's what I mean. We also watched Gigantaman. Andrew. Uh, yeah, I guess that is a train wreck. Absolutely is. At
2: least that one was fun. Um, but yeah, we're watching Zombie Land Saga episodes one to three. Uh, that is on in the U.S. Crunchyroll, Funimation, and maybe other places. I'm not sure. Um, but what's what's
3: well, give give us a, a sting. There's an idol group, but they're zombies, and I think they have to save the world or something.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
3: Yeah. It looks colorful and musical, and it's got cute zombies in it. Like, what uh, uh, more could you want?
2: Honestly, this first line is what sold me on it. Sakura Minamoto dreams of becoming an idol. Unfortunately, reality hits her like a truck, and she dies in a sudden traffic accident. Ah, <sighs> So, that should be fun. Uh, But yeah, thanks for hanging out with us Uh, for... All of Fruit's Basket season one, hopefully, if you're listening to this one. Um, let us know what you thought about the series. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong or if you agree, <laughs> or, you know, like if you want to, if you're like, oh, it gets way better in season two, you should really watch season two. Like, get at us. Let us know.
3: Yeah, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And let us Anything know what you think all. of us as people. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm right, a person till next week. Bye bye.